Welcome to Stuck In My Mind Podcast, the show where we dive into the mind of a regular guy on his road to self-discovery. You'll hear everyday people just like you share the latest topics, personal stories, and things they've learned along the way. And now, please welcome your host, Wise. And welcome to another episode of Stuck in My Mind. I have a special guest on today, former heavyweight champ, a great actor. You might recognize him from a uh, few classic movies like Superman 2, the great Jack O'Halloran. How you doing, Jack? I'm doing the best I can, whatever it'll let me get away with. Some days a little more than others, you know? So, yeah, I, I remember, like, when Steve told me that, oh, would you uh, remember the guy from Superman, the big guy? I was like, yeah, man. I, I was like, that's one of my favorite movies growing up. He says, well, when I'm on your show, I said, oh, hell yeah. And um, I'm professional heavyweight champ. How long did you box for? Nine years. Nine years. Nine years? That's cool. Good. So what, what made you go into, into acting? I, when I was fighting, they just, you know, I was taking physicals, and they discovered I had a, a thing called acromegaly, which is a tumor of the pituitary gland. So they didn't think it was a great idea for me to be fighting anymore and, uh, and they told me how to get it fixed so when i did and uh i retired from boxing and uh they had offered me a couple movies while i was fighting great white hope with james earl jones and t mcqueen uh wanted me to do the thomas crown affair with him and i kept saying no and then when i retired boxing they came to me to do a, a picture farewell my lovely with robert mitchum i went out to hollywood and took a screen test and mitchum said it's either him or i don't do the movie so I blame it all on Robert Mitchell. It's always fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I remember growing up and seeing you in a lot of different movies. And for, for me, it, it's changed a lot now how they're just recycling old stuff. And it's just completely different now. It's a different time and, and era. And I can imagine you have some great stories to, sh to share and, and some great experiences. So what are you what are you working on right now, though? We, I, I wrote a book called Family Legacy. It's been needed to be written for a while. And I wrote it a while ago and we're to, we have a couple more books coming out and we're getting ready to do a mini series and we're going to turn the mini series into a series and it's going to be uh, it'll make sopranos and the boardwalk empire look like a little boys game we'll tell the truth about a lot of things that transpired in the country between organized crime awesome, and the man. government and everything and yeah it's 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 a it's a big story that's not told because well they don't tell it hollywood is, takes liberties hollywood uh, i don't know if you just you just did the picture of the irishman which is total bogus. yeah i mean uh, i I knew Frank. I knew Frank very well, and Frank Sheeran, and and and, and Russell Buffalino was a good friend of mine. And you know, Frank Sheeran never killed Hoffa, and he never killed Joey Gallo. And you know, Hollywood has him being the killer of of Hoffa, and so they're taking stories where everybody's been looking for an answer. You know, whatever happened to Jimmy Hoffa? What you know, this guy and that guy, and, and no one ever had an answer who Joe who killed Joey Gallo. But you know, the people that were there know who did what. And, you know, these people are just shooting fish in a barrel because no one's come up with a real answer. So they're making their own answers up. So it's time to put things straight. So that's what we're going to do. That's, that's that's awesome. Yeah, because, again, Hollywood is always going to put their spin on, on, on stories that they really don't know well, the truth and, and the facts about. They, they, it's they like, gotta, you know, got to try to sell it anyway. Look at, you, look at yeah. your life and you live certain things in your life. You live them. You were there. You saw it. You lived. So how can someone come and tell you 
a different version of what you saw. You understand me? In other words, if you're yeah. there and you lived it, how are you going to tell me that it was another way when I was there and watched it happen? Does that make any sense to you? No, yeah, no, that makes so, no sense to me. There's a lot yeah. of people that are just you, you, tired of all the stuff that's being you know, fabricated and they, they want to tell the truth. And and the truth is going to be dynamite because a lot of people, there's a lot of people that lived the truth and saw the truth and always wondered why the media never told the truth. But they, you know, they, they tell you whatever they benefit, want you to read. Yeah, it doesn't benefit the media for you to be, to, for you to be awakened and, and know the facts and the tr truth. They, they want to be able to spin it so that it's like all, they can it's like, manipulate. It's like all the junk that's going on right now and, and all the, you know, all this, uh, all this stuff that they're pulling, they're, they're trying to create such a racial barrier, which is total you know, garbage. I mean, if you're born in America, you're an American. And, and, and yes. you know, when I was raised up as a kid, sure, we had our controversy and we had our neighborhood uh, disputes and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, people have taken this thing so far out of bounds, you understand? And it's just, it's it's kind of ludicrous. And you, you know, when you get involved in sports and everything, all that racial shit disappears because you're side by side with people all the time. I mean, I took a young kid that they threw out of the Cronk gym and he was from Philadelphia, Frankie Lyles, and, and, and made him a super middleweight champ of the world. You know, and if I was prejudiced against black people, I would have never done that because, but he was a talented young man who could fight and just needed the doors open for him, you know, and someone to take him and train him and do the proper thing with him. And so I, I watch all this stuff go, and, and you got to go back into the history of people when they talk about taking this African culture, that they would go back and take a look, they would understand that it was African people who sold their own people into slavery. It wasn't white no, people. You, and, and you have, no, you have, no, you right. I, I, I did. I mean, I mean they, I don't they know were anybody, considered the weak, the weak. Well, you got to understand that no, no, Africa is Africa's tribal. It's, it, it's run by tribal yeah. instinct. It's not a democracy. Every yeah. tribe has their section of their country. I mean, I spent a lot of time in Africa. Yeah. So you're talking about, and it's still that way today. Still that way today. I mean, I, I'll give you a funny story. I, I boxed down in Johannesburg back in 1969. It was in the beginning of the apartheid. And and the, and the trainer that uh, was one of the trainers in the gym came, you know, came to came to the gym after he got done working. He worked in the gold mines. He was a foreman in the gold mines. And he come walking to the gym and he had, he had a six gun, you know, like a Western guy wrapped around his waist. And I said to him, wow, man, what, what is with the pea shooter? Why are you, you know, walking around? He said, well, I'm a foreman in, in the in the mines. He said, you you got to understand the mentality of these people. He said, one tribe argues with the other tribe. He said, and if a guy shakes his finger at one guy, the guy grabs his hand and bites his finger off. They just want to kill each other. You understand? And and he said, I got to shoot a gun in the air to stop all the chaos. But it's 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 one black tribe against another black tribe. They just, the hostilities are, are amazing. And it's still that way down there. You go to certain portions of, of Africa, you better be from that area or they're hanging you. You understand? So they talk about all this racial stuff in the in the country here about who's doing this to what, you know, and, I, and I, it makes me kind of laugh. And I say, you know, you ought to look and read your own history and understand what, what you're talking about before you go throwing stuff around in people's faces and stuff. And it, it's just, you know, and it's sad because people provoke certain things. And it's just, uh, I, I just, I shake my head because, of, you know, for the 
time I was a kid and, and come up out of Philadelphia, and you know, we all had our, like I said, everybody had their disputes. The Irish, the Italians, the English, you know, it depends what neighborhood was at to what neighborhood. Everybody had a dispute somewhere, but they settled it. It wasn't this protesting and, I mean, all this nonsense that's going on is just so sad. Well, America better stand up and take our country back. Because even back then, anybody who was considered an immigrant, it, it was it was wasn't treated well. It, it's, no, it's they were not. Until, the, Irish, the, the difference was the difference was when those immigrants came in, they wanted to be American. Understand? Yes, they yeah. wanted to be Americans. They didn't want to come and just bleed the country down and bring their own culture into the country and change America. They wanted to be Americans because it was freedom here. They had freedom of speech. They had jobs. And the, the ability to go to work and make money and make a lot of it. There was, a, there was all kinds of, the democracy was an unbelievable thing for them. They weren't used to that. So every ethnic group that came in the country went through their trials and tribulations, but they became Americans. They went to war. They fought next to each other in, in you know, in, in major wars. So now they got all this, all this shit in the streets about how they're doing this. And this is all, this is all financed by George Soros and people like that that are trying to, they're trying to make America a socialistic country. You want your freedom taken away? Do you know what it's like to live under socialism? Have you ever been to a country that's ruled by socialism yourself? You ever been to a country no, no, that's no, socialist? No. Let me tell you something. It, there's no, no freedom. No, the government chooses everything you do. There's no freedom. Would you want to see that in America? Would you like the government to tell of you how not. to leave your house and how to come oh, home? Oh, definitely not. I, I'm not. I'm not about. It's to me. For me, I don't. I don't believe that the government should be able to tell you whatever you should like. As far with the mask situation, I don't have a problem with people who don't want to wear masks. That's their right as an American citizen, and and but as well, you shouldn't also bully the people who want to wear masks because they might feel that they're protecting their family. So to me, is is it, this country is is great because you have the choice to to believe in whatever you want, you want whatever you want to follow. And what happens that's if your they choice. take that away from you? What happens if they take it and away no, from and you? That's not going to happen because I'm not giving up. I'm fighting. I'm making sure that I I'm voting. In my and lo my local election, everybody wants to think it's about the presidential election and stuff like that. No, people need to start getting involved in their in their local their local and elections and making sure that your representative is there truly representing you and not big business and all these corporations and these and these medias and everyone who's focused more on the vision in this country instead of uniting us. Every single every this everything is an issue. Everything is becoming political. Every single thing. You know thing how many shootings political. there were in and New York? In the, ever, how many shootings have been in New York since this, this pandemic started? Five hundred. Five hundred yeah. shootings. I, I, and and I have a friend who's going, who's running, who's running for office in in the South Bronx. Because and he and he's not talking about defunding the police. He's talking about building a better relationship with the police because he knows that we need the police in our in, our, in that city. Absolutely, yeah, he, he, he's, I mean, it's, it's part of the culture. And, he, and he's and he's a man of color. He's a man of of Hispanic and, and African descent. But he, and he and we have friends. Me and him, we grew up. We we have friends that are peace. We're not about defunding the police or abolishing the police. But we need a system whereas everyone is being held accountable. And we and we want and we need people. We need and for us, it is. For, we feel that if you're going to patrol that, if you're going to patrol that part of, of the city or whatever, you should be a part of the community. And his plan is to, if you're if you're new to the precinct or whatever, you should live in the community for at least five years and get to know the community and and get to know who lives in that community and the people that are in that community and become part of the community and not become an overseer. Whereas you're really truly there to protect and serve. It's, 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 I, I watched all the changes that are going on and I just shake my head. You know, you just you can't you cannot take away somebody who's policing something and doing it for the right 
right reason. Neither can you neither can you support people to to say to you and go out and, and take this person's life or that person's life. And the media blows things way out of proportion. The media is, is part of the problem. Yeah. They, 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 they don't they tell you the more truth. On the, on they the, tell on the you violence what they and want the rage. you to know. Yeah, they focus more on the violence and the rage instead of showing some of the protests. Well, like where I just said to you, police, like I just said to you, they, 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 they showed the police in New and York. Put that together. Have you heard and, anything no, about and, and, you, I, you don't see that on the media. No, I, I do. I know about it because I'm from New York, and I have family that I keep in contact frequently. And I and like I said, my friend is he's he's running for office, and he's telling me it's getting it's getting crazy. It's becoming it's becoming something to what the early eighties, late early eighties and nineties, where there was a lot of crime and violence in New York City, and that's all because what's of everything that's going on. And 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 he and he's trying to really and he's trying to really make a change. He he really wants to get involved, and and he and he's that's why he's running for office because he sees that a lot of these politicians are just about lining their pockets and not really about taking taking care of their community. And because we're... I'm, when I grew up, it was all about community. People looked out for each other. If, if if I did something down the block or down the street, by the time I got home, my mother already knew. <laughs> or if I did something around the or somewhere, somehow, it always got back to my mother because it, we always had people watching out for us. And we've gotten away from that where a lot of people don't even know their next door neighbor. They don't speak to their neighbor. They don't associate with, and we've, that's that's values that we're, we're, we're neglecting with a lot of the programming that we even show on TV. As, as me, being a man of color, some of these shows that, that they, they they say represent minorities are, 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 are they're, they're just to me they're, they're ratchet they're not they don't really truly represent what we are and but people feed into it and my shows on my show I try to put put out content where people can learn and grow and, and just develop themselves and stop watching these this nonsense and stop watching these crazy shows and start being more productive and putting out more like I told Steve I want to put out positive content them because there's so much negativity out there that I need to battle that. I, I have to battle that. That's it's it's my calling for me to battle that because it, it's ridiculous with everything that's going on on social media, on the news. You're, you're bombarded with so much negativity. And people are glued to their television. Just they they follow everything that's being said, and it's sad. It's really like being brainwashed. You know, it's just you know. When I was in school back in the 50s, the illiteracy in America was 90% literate. You know what? You know? Do you know what the percentage of literacy is in America today? You're lucky if it's 50 because it, the the way they push people through education. You know, when when I went to school as a kid, if you fail the grade, they left you back to repeat it until you got it right. And then they put the push system in, and they started pushing people through school. They had kids sitting in the 12th grade that couldn't read or write, but they just pushed them through school to get them get them through. All about yeah. money. No, no. Oh, listen, that's one thing that I'm really, I'm really upset with is that everybody's out, out, is really upset. All right, I understand about defunding police, yes, but you know how long they've been defunding our schools, how long they've been defunding our education system, uh -huh. how they, how they don't focus on our education system, and they rather how many programs, rather spend how many that money programs have they dropped? How many different yeah, programs? How, how many, how many music, art, sports? A lot of these yeah. programs, a lot of trade. Like, trades where they have vocational schools where you can become an automatic I'm a mechanic a, a electrician a, and all these programs started disappearing and started going God knows where where that money was going who knows where any of that money went 
but it's just ridiculous that you, you just start deciding to push these kids through and at the same time you're taking away all these extra programs that help to develop them and make them grow and get them in more involved in school and activities you, you just started taking that away that's what they're doing they're just brainwashing people boy and they're separating people this whole thing about separating keeping you six feet apart from people and stuff that's all about separating and you know this started if you look at history and you go back to the 50s when they first come out with the welfare program before the welfare programs just like you're saying when you were a kid neighbors looked after neighbors people talked to each other they jumped across the trailing if somebody was hurt they went down the street they helped them they did this as soon as the government came in and said oh we're giving you checks we're going to take care of you they stopped talking to their neighbors they stopped assisting each other they separated people and that started in the 50s with the welfare programs and you know and, and roosevelt had the right idea you want to collect the welfare check go out and pick up trash fix the streets do something do something constructive if you want to give free money out yeah. do something why to do something to clean up your neighborhood get away from all that yeah. You know, they, they just it's you know all this lottery money that they're supposed to be putting into this and putting into that. Where nobody knows where it's going. Oh yeah, you know, like I, in my state, I live in Pennsylvania, and and the state generates a lot of money from the casinos that they're opening now. And, but and, and supposedly it was supposed to alleviate some of the tax. Um, some of the the worst the, thing they're the doing is opening casinos. The- casinos don't belong in every city. Gambling is an addiction. You have people that are that are out of work and everything. They're drawn to a casino, spending what little money they have trying to win money. You understand that? And it just does, it ain't happening. They're get, their mortgage payments are going over the casino walls. Their their car payments, and they're getting further and further in debt. Putting casinos in places like Detroit, places states where they're broke, where industries have moved out of. Casinos were supposed to be in Vegas because Vegas there was nothing there but casinos. It was a place for people to go to, not have it in your backyard. Putting casinos in every city is just a scam because you can't win in a casino. That's my world. I can I can tell you from experience. You when I was you a kid, tell me I'm a t- I'm a table games dealer, so you ain't got to tell me I deal cards, I deal craps, I deal roulette. Uh, I do. Man, this, you understand I do what I'm living. talking about? And and you the first understand thing, what I'm talking about? So when somebody, I, oh, um, you got any tips on how to win? Yeah, don't come to the casino. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, they you go stay home. I'm stay. they laugh, but I be serious. I'm like. Any any tips? Yeah, stay home. Don't don't come to the casino. I had a friend of mine one time went to Vegas and and, and won the and won the, the jackpot on the on the slot machine five hundred thousand dollars. Called me on the phone and said, "Oh my God, you have no idea what I just did." I said, "You know what? Take that money, go to the cashier, stick it in a box, and leave it there till you leave, and go take it home with." Well, but but wait, I said, "No, take the money and go and lock it up until you go home." He wound up giving four hundred thousand back, but that's what people do. Yeah. They, if they win a little bit here, they give it back. You know, it's just incredible what people don't understand about certain things. Those casinos are oh, there yeah, for a yeah. reason. They're there for a reason. They make money. Yeah, they make there to make profit. They don't. They don't. They're not. There to make, they're not there to lose money. No, they're not. One of the first things Meyer Lansky told me he said, "Let me tell. Gambling is for fools, boy. We make money from those places. Don't be a chump and give it up." You know, and it's like the numbers. When the numbers were done in the streets, that you had a thousand to one chance of winning. When they did numbers in the streets and it was run by organized crime, you had a thousand people bet a nickel, a dime, a quarter. They wanted people to win. Do you know what the odds of winning the lottery is today? 25 million to one. So how many people have taken their mortgage money and bought lottery tickets? Because they put that figure out there. You're going to win $250 million. Oh my God. And every person who wins the lottery within four years, they're broke. Because they don't know how to handle that kind of money. They don't know. They go out and buy gold toilets and and ridiculous 
Are you kidding? They have they have <laughs> relatives come out of the woodwork that they never knew they were relatives. You know, it's just it's sad. Yeah. Society's really being bullied around, and it's just I, I hate watching it. I just don't. Sad deal, boy. Just hope America wakes up and take our country back, because that's what has to happen. They got to open their eyes yep. and understand what's going on, boy. And if they don't, we're in for serious, serious trouble. I'll tell you that. I think it's- we're strongest when we're one, and and nine eleven showed that. When when nine when after nine eleven, this country was so united it was a different type at time where it's like this tragedy just brought this country together and, and it didn't matter who you, what what race you were what, we were all american and now it's like we're letting these politicians separate us just behind the scenes in, in front of us they, they they bicker and fight and, and argue with each other and whatever it is but behind the scenes they're just lining their pockets all of them they're just lining their pockets and, and we're here sucking up everything they tell us and just believing yeah. everything that they, they, they want us they want they want want to tell us with all the propaganda that they feed in us all they're doing red and blue they and and, and, and to the media and everything that's that's the show for us that's to be like oh yeah we're red i'm blue but in the in the, in the back in the office in corporate they're all sharing that money they're all lining their pockets and and worried about themselves and, and it's just ridiculous i just uh, i just shake you know i just shake my head i you know i when I was a kid growing up in Philadelphia, we never locked our front doors. People slept in their backyards in the summertime because of the heat. No one had air conditioners. Nobody jumped people and raped them and, and, and burglarized them. You could leave baby kids played in the street from sun up to sundown. Nobody ever bothered anybody. There was no drive-by shootings. Neighborhoods were controlled by people who looked after their neighborhood. And if you got out of line too badly, you answered to people. You not only had your family to answer to, but you had other people to answer to. You know, they just they didn't want that kind of garbage going on in their neighborhood. They didn't want the friction or the chaos. And it's sad that those days are, it's just, uh, when, when you live through things and you've seen things and the way things worked years ago and the way they turned around is diabolic. It's just, it's very sad. You know, and just hope to God you, you pray that one day people will wake up and say, you know what? I want my country back. I want my freedom back. I want to be able to do the things that I need to do for me and my family. And it's just, uh, just yeah. pray that that comes back to into the light again. That's, that's all you can do. And, and it's, but people got to get out and vote properly. Like how, that's, yeah, you have, like I said, they need to go and, and, and they need to involve themselves in the local po- in their local politics. It's all everybody everybody wants to focus on the presidential election. That's great and dandy up there, but the real key is focusing on, on your local elections, your local officials, the, the politicians that are making the, the the laws and the and the in your in your community. You got Everything a mayor in New York your today. Community. You have a mayor in New York today that should be home. What he's allowing to happen should not be happening. And he's turning oh, a no. deaf eye. I, I, I blast him all the time. I black him all the time. I I I don't I, I don't see I don't see where I don't even even I have no words for that man. That man doesn't he, he he's a disgrace to mayors of New York to me personally. He has done a horrible Which job. Which is from the governor yeah. down. You, the governor's just as bad. <laughs> you got you got some bad people playing games and and, it, and I remember at one time my father was New York. My father was Albert Anastasia. Ran he he was the Gambino family before it became the Gambino family. And when they assassinated him in 19- 
1957 because he wouldn't go in the drug business. And they knew they made a terrible mistake because he was the glue that held things together. Murder, Inc. was a, was a, was a very, very good situation for holding the streets together. Not innocent people. They never harmed an innocent person. It was all street people. And when the streets were controlled, things were looked after by certain people. You had a whole different scenario going on. You know, even Harlem was run by, by, by their own people. People took care of each other. There was, you know, there was just no, but that's all gone. You have no, there's not one person you can turn to in the streets today that has any power or authority anymore. It's all politicians. They called us thieves. They called us thieves when we were kids, you know, <laughs> and then look at what they're doing to people. They're raping people every day, you know, and, and taking I mean, away I, their freedom. I, mean, I, I, agree with you. I agree with you. I, I, I politicians to me, they, they, they just, they're all about the money and all about lining their pockets. It, 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 it really doesn't matter to me. It, whoever wins, it doesn't really matter because it, it's at the end of the day, they, none of them are really focused on the people. Anybody well, wants to say whatever I, they want to I, say. I, I wrote, I wrote this book, Family Legacy, because we're going to tell the truth about a lot of things. And and the, and the truth of the matter is, when they when they came in, when all these different immigrations came into America, and and people put things together, they took illicit monies that they made and they put it back into the growth of a country. They invested in a country. They they created because what their primary deal was in the beginning was gambling, extortion, loan sharking, but you had to have money to pay them. So they made sure you went to work. The unions were put together. Jobs were created. My father ran the waterfront. Everybody, they put people to work. They put them in construction jobs. They put them anywhere they could make money to, to help support the economy. You understand? If, you, if, you're, if you're gambling with me and you're losing, if you ain't got a job or you ain't got no money, how are you going to pay me if I don't make sure you go to work. But people now are just gambling, 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 and they got nothing behind them. And you're losing their homes, they're losing their cars, they're losing their families. It's it's like, you know, I shake my head. when I, Every time I see them put a, a casino in another city, I say, why? What, you know, what, what do you think you're doing? You're feeding an addiction. Because it's, we're, we're just... Uh, right now, we're just cap. Is we're just a capitalist country at the moment. It's all about capitalism. It's all about making money, 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 and and, and not about the people. Really you have you have you have small businesses and restaurants with so many restrictions and losing out and closing down because all the all your funding is going to big businesses and, and bailing out big businesses. Yeah, all these small small mom and pop restaurants and all these small businesses. How many places are, are boarded up in New York right now? How many places are boarded up in New York right yeah. now? New York's like a ghost town. It's bored. There's places even around here that 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 about to shut down because and I'm and I'm up in the Pocono Mountains and it's there's places that are, are really bad because they can't they can't open. And I live in the tourist area, so our bars and restaurants are accustomed to having people generate income that's in this they, that's area. That's how they live. But that's how they thrive. Is that where you're at in the Poconos? Yeah. Where in the Poconos are you? I'm I'm in uh, Toby Hanna. I'm right uh right out. Right outside of Strasbourg, like a little bit, yeah, like fifteen country. minutes. Yeah, that's pretty country. It, it, it's it's nice and peaceful up here. Right I remember now. when we put the first hotels uh, like, up there. Do you know that yeah. every major star used to have to perform in the Poconos? Joey Bishop, Sinatra, everybody. They had to go through. Poconos was controlled by organized crime. They opened all the hotels up over there years ago because it was a great tourist place. Everybody went there to, to you know to relax. They used to go up there all the time. Yeah, I, I was raised in Philly. Yeah, actually, I actually. They, um, they made Mount Airy Lodge now is a uh, resort and casino. I just tell it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's every time I turn around, they got a casino somewhere, and it's just just great so area. It, Years ago, my God, it was terrific up there. But, oh no, it's it's it's, 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 it's nice and besides the casino, it's it's still 
little tourist area. You got a lot of um family resorts and everything, and you got the race. You got the racetrack up here where uh, NASCAR comes up. But this year they they really haven't had anything. And then yeah, it's it's still a it's just with everything going on. I'm sure the the tourist parks here here are suffering, and a lot of the businesses are suffering. I, I feel bad for small business people that are being shut down because of this this pandemic that's going on. It's just uh, it's just a sad state of affairs, boy. Just pray to God that, that things calm down after this election and things start getting back into some kind of order. But you just, just don't, it's, you don't know how far out of whack it's gotten. This, this is like this whole virus thing. This is not nearly as bad as the AIDS virus was. And the AIDS virus didn't shut the world down, did it? Didn't stop people from going to work. And if you ever go back and look at the history of AIDS, when it first, when it first was brought to, brought to light, people said, oh my God, you can't be around those people. If they breathe on you, you're going to catch it which was bullshit because you can't catch AIDS unless it's blood on blood. It's the only way you can catch it. And, you know, and that was man-made. The AIDS virus was man-made and they had a cure for it years ago that only wealthy, wealthy people could get their hands on. Look at Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson was full-blown AIDS. Today, he's got nothing in his blood at all. Nada. And he won't tell you how or where he went and did it because that's the part of the deal. So you got, you know, this thing that we're doing and there's major doctors are saying, all you got to do is take this antibiotic and that antibiotic. And, and all these people that are dying, supposedly, of this virus have other problems that they're dying from. But because they label them dying from this virus, the hospitals are getting more money from the government. So you don't know who to believe as to how many people really are. I know a lot of people that have survived this thing right Boom, like just got getting a cold, took the right medicine, and boom, they're fine as they're right as rain. And just separating people. Is a way of your cell phones are being bugged, but everything's being bugged right now. This is getting to be kind of a joke, you know. You check your cell phone, I guarantee you'll see you're being monitored. Somebody's listening. <laughs> I'm to sure. What you're I'm doing. sure they are. You know what I mean? I'm sure they are. It, it, and well, people, that's why they people keep people talk about. Six, oh, yeah, that's, what, like, six, that's why I'm not. I don't want to. Like, I'm not going to get vaccinated because they're going to chip me, and I'm like, oh, there you go. There's no. There is no vaccine for the immune system. It's like your, your phone, they're, they're, they're following you through your phone. You act like they're not following you through your phone. It's, they know where you're at at all times. Let me ask you a question. How many drop calls are you getting on your phone now? You having trouble with your oh. cell phone? <laughs> Calling people? Yes, I am. People call me up and I can't. Yes, I, I, I have to call people back. And, and it's just driving me crazy because I'm in the film industry and I'm doing business. People call me up and I answer the phone, but I can't hear them or they can't hear me. And I wind up having to call everybody yeah. back. It's, it's ludicrous. Or I'll be sitting in one spot, not moving muscle, and be talking to somebody for two and a half minutes or so, and all of a sudden, boom, I lose all the bars on my phone, bang, drop a call. And when you're doing business, that's kind of frustrating yeah. as the devil. You know what I'm saying? So It is. It is. Yeah, because even, even yesterday when I called, you remember we had a little bad connection breaking, yeah, was yeah. breaking up and everything. It's so just unbelievable. It, it, it's, you can't hear people. It's crazy. It drives you nuts, boy. And it's uh, you just shake your head and you say, so somebody said to me, Jack, here, let me show you how to go into your phone and you'll see you're being listened to. It tells you right there that you're being monitored. I said, hello, what? You know, so you, it's like no privacy at all. Other than no, that, not at all. I can't yeah. wait till the film industry opens up so we can all go back to work. Oh man, I'm sure. I'm sure you you you're excited. I'm sure you have some 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 production to do. And well, I, we're it's, building it's a studio in Nevada, cause... which is brilliant. We're building a huge studio oh. in Nevada, which is going to be great. It's going to be really really oh, okay. good for the industry. So is it going to be close to what to near where in Nevada? Just. It's just north. It's in what you call North Las Vegas. It's in a place called Apex, and we're putting a 
a four million square foot studio. So for the very first time, everything involving entertainment will be under one roof. Everything, film, television, streaming, every kind of technology, water pools, bodies, the things that, that, that no, they're not in Hollywood. You know, you have to drive all over. If I going to go to work at, Paramount, at Warner Brothers to do a picture, I got an hour and a half, two hours traffic each way going to work. So we're going to build a smart city right next to the studio that people only have to travel 15 minutes to go to work, which will make everything cost effective and take people's minds much clearer when they go to work. Makes it cost effective because it won't make as many mistakes. So the industry is going to move to Nevada. It's oh, going to be, awesome. oh, it's going to be terrific. That should have been done 30 years ago. It's sad that they didn't do it. I mean, we did Superman in London because of the size of the stage over there, 007 stage. They didn't have a stage that big in, yeah. in, in America for us to do the picture. And where the and, and Hollywood is, is, is the hub of, of the movie industry, and, and you have to go other places to do movies because they haven't facilitated that they should have been facilitating. You understand? Definitely. The last pool we had here was on the MGM pool, the Esther Williams pool, they called it, where Esther Williams did a lot of swimming movies, and we did King Kong there. We fell off the lives and everything. But from the Titanic, Jim Cameron put a place down in Baja. That's gone. A water tank for them to do water tank. Not a water tank in L.A. You got to go somewhere else to do any kind of picture like that. We're going to put everything under one roof for the very first time. And it's going to be going to be true. Super. Some of this should have been done a long time oh, ago. Man. It's a big project. You know, yeah. we're just waiting for the smoke to clear with all this jazz that's going on. So people can start walking around and go to work together without wearing 10 oh, masks and, and surgical suits and everything else. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like you're going to have to send your kids to school in hazmat suits now. And, and it's just crazy. No, I'm telling you, man. It's a it's a gas, boy. It's just the truth all comes to surface at the end of the day. That's the kick of it all. But, you know, in the meantime, people are suffering and suffering badly. And that's the sad part. You know, there's so many like yeah, these that, up yeah. where you are. So many small businesses all over the place. I mean, if you drove down Broadway today, it's not city. The city's not the same. New York is not New York anymore. Very sad. You just shake your head and say, well, what's the answer? The answer is Americans got to stand up and say, you know what? We're taking our country back. This bullshit's got to stop. And you got to do that through the power of the vote. You have a democracy of voting, do it. Use it. Get up off your ass and go do something. Like you're talking about the local politician, vote properly. Put people in place that's going to help your community. That's going to do something for exactly. you. Yes, sir. You're absolutely right with that. And that's and that's why I said that's where it begins. It begins with your local politicians and your local politics because those are really the keys that are affecting your community. Those are the, those are regulations and, and 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 laws and everything that they're setting up for your community. So you need to be aware of what's going on in your community and take control of what's going on in your community and get these politicians that don't don't care about the community and care more about their pocket. Get them out. Get them out and put the proper people. Put the people from the community that that see that we need to change and start and start implementing and implementing these people implementing these plans to really go out there and help these politicians, the people from the community that want to help and change the community. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's a basic rule in life. Nobody can harm you today but you. Can't hurt you unless you allow them to hurt. If you're going to sit yep. back and let them walk all over you, then you got a problem going on. And it's going to be a bad problem. It's going to get worse, not better. you got to take your freedom back. You know, that's what, I mean, what do you think all these people went to war for? What do we go over to in the Second World War, First World War, Second World War, Korean War, Vietnam? Fighting for value of our country and trying to keep our country free. People gave up their lives. It wasn't, you know, you didn't have all this racial bullshit then when guys were standing next to each other, dying next to each other. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, uh, no, just, uh, listen, I, it's sad. It's really sad. I have family members. I have 
family members that served the military. I have an uncle who served in the Marines. I have nephews who served in the military. And and I'm and I my, my family has played a big part in the military. So I know what it is that the, these soldiers that go out to these go out and defend and protect our rights and, and, and our civil liberties and everything. And then a lot of them come back home and don't and don't get the proper respect that, that is due. They get and no I respect. Had, I just spoke to they get none. No, I, I had, ever I, since the Vietnamese War. Yeah, I had I had Bill Foster on, and he was telling me about his show, his um his his movie that he did, where every he everyone every single act in his in his movie was a veteran, and and he said it was one of those moments where just hearing some of these stories and hearing hearing these men tell their stories and and talk to each other and and just grow and and share it's just heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking to see that once they come back home, a lot of them are forgotten. And it's and it's a shame because those should be the first people to be taken care of because they're out there defending defending our country. You ever see a picture called the Fourth of July? You ever see a movie called the Fourth of July? You should watch it. It's about the Vietnamese soldiers that came home to nothing. They were they were mocked at, spit on. They did. They, they had no medical treatment properly. Watch the movie The Fourth of July with Tom Cruise. It's a great great story oh, about what oh, happened. Oh, oh. Oh, 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 you mean, um, yeah, the Stanley, uh, yeah, born on the 4th of July. Yes, the t- I see yeah. that movie. Yes, yes, that's yes. Yeah, that tells movie. you a lot of truth. They ought to be oh, showing no, it, that on movies yeah, every day. It, today. It, 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 no, it, it definitely shows you how our soldiers just aren't treated with the proper respect. And and, it's, and it's, you could you could tell Listen, by when you went to war, you went to war in World War II, even the Korean War, when you came home, your job was still there. People were couldn't wait for you to come home. When you came back from Vietnam, there was, your jobs were gone. People were spitting at you for going to war over there. The whole thing turned around. We have so many people in the streets in a lot of neighborhoods that are Vietnam re- v- veterans that just boom come home to Zippo. I mean, just that's that was one of the starts of of the, of the onslaught of street people. They came home to nothing. Everything was gone, taken away from them. That's disrespect. Any way you want to look at it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I understand. I, 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 you're not gonna get an argument from me. I, I know, I know firsthand. One of my my nephews was injured badly and and he had had surgery on his brain and everything. And they still they still was battling battling giving him his full benefits and 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 then i had another nephew who had was suffering from pse and again they they, they were denying him his full benefits and it's until recently when he did get him finally but it just goes to show you that you, you talk about oh our soldiers and 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 all this stuff but yet you don't give them the proper training like when they come home you don't give them the product the proper psych like uh, the, the whatever they need for whatever trauma that medical um mental trauma whatever anything every you need to give these people every type of medical benefit that they need once they come home if they need to see a psychologist a psychiatrist anything help with whatever they're going through but they don't they don't care about that they don't they, they don't really these va hospitals are, are horrible you understand what people don't these, these understand is that when you go to boot camp they can teach you how to do certain things involving war what they can't teach you is what happens when the guy next to you has his legs blown off right in front of you. They can't teach you about death. You understand what I'm saying? You can go through all this boot camp bullshit and all this training for this and learn how to work your gun and all that. What they don't tra- prepare you for is death. And, and I was in Special Forces. We went to Nam, and, and I'll tell you something. I saw kids who who were in boot camp, and they said, oh, man, I can't wait to get over there. Boy, I just can't wait, wait, till, I get, wait till I get over there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. They weren't there three days. They were crying for their mother. They wanted to go home. I saw people shoot themselves in the feet just to be sent home because of fear, because they can't teach you about death. 
That's an experience beyond people's belief. Watching a guy right next to you get blown apart. If you think that doesn't put a trauma in somebody, you can't cure that kind of trauma by throwing pills down the guy's throat just to shut him up. That don't work. They they don't they don't provide them with any kind. Of, just the, these the conditions in some of these hospitals is is just ridiculous. And then some of them don't even have. They're out in the streets. A lot of you have a lot of the homeless are former veterans. You bet that you and, got and, that right. You got that right, boy. What is like? What, what? Why? Why are these men in this? Why are these men and women aren't in in the streets? Why? They they did they did their duty. They served our country. They should be. I agree. They should be home. I, you got you ain't you're talking to the, you know the choir here, boy. I just uh, I have a lot of empathy for what 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 happened to a lot of people, boy, in, in the last and even the conflicts in Afghanistan. All these kids coming home. It's, it's, it's ever since World War Two, the Korean War. They they acknowledge people from the Korean War, but after that, from Vietnam on, boy, every conflict, everywhere people go and serve and come back, they get treated like like dog dirt. It's just unbelievable, unbelievable, sad. And and all they're doing is very, very sad. And all they're doing is protecting our country. All they're really doing is out is going out there, protecting our civil liberties and, and protecting our our livelihood over here. And all we need to do is just pay them the utmost respect by having them with full benefits, having the medical treatments that they need for whatever it is that ails them. Everything that these people need should be provided for them. There should be no reason that they're going through struggles and going through whatever they, they're going through and and, and let, let alone they should not be out in the streets living. living. But you got to see, yeah, you, have a, you have a major problem here. You have a major problem. You have an institution called Big Pharma that has too yeah. much control yeah. over our society. In other words, they write prescriptions and hand out drugs for this, drugs for that, and they just keep people drugged up, drugged up, drugged up. Half of the drugs are killing the people in the first place. Understand? And you got, and you got to go back in the history of the country. Let me explain something to you. What was the first prohibition in America? You know? The alcohol prohibition or before? First prohibition. The first prohibition in America was an alcohol. 1914. Go go on the computer. 1914, they passed a law called the Harrison Act. The Harrison Act gave Big Pharma the right to write prescriptions and legalize drugs. Prior to the Harrison Act, there was cocaine and Coca-Cola. You could buy marijuana across the counter. You could buy opiates across the counter. And there was no addiction. People weren't going in there, running in there every day to get them. Once they put the Harrison Act in place, and, and people wonder why addiction was came into our society. You had women who were married from like like 1900 on all the way up to 1920 that never all they did was they were housewives. They had five, six, eight, ten children and they were tired. They were run down and so they went to the doctor and the doctor gave him prescription to wake up in the morning, speed, and gave him Valium to go to sleep at night. Those drugs are going into their body, into every fetus that they have. So kids are being born with addictions. No one ever said a word about it until the early 70s. And they did a documentary out of New York State Hospital because all these children were coming, they were being born, they were crying and screaming and nobody knew what the hell was wrong with them until one bright doctor said, these kids are going through withdrawal. Their mothers are addicts. And when they're born, when they're in their mother's stomach, they're being fed all the drugs right through her blood. But when they're born, that all ceases and their bellies are cramping. They're going through withdrawal. They showed that documentary once and then took it off the air. Yeah, you understand? And and then it's like you, you see you see this one wonder drug one one at one moment and then the next thing you know, oh, if you if you use this drug and you are now suffering from whatever stomach stomach well, ulcers or lawsuit. yeah. So it's crazy that now like oh so it was okay when big pharmaceutical let these things out at that time that they released them, but now it's about the lawsuits and, and 
and it's just crazy. It's just there's so much nat- natural na- natural remedies to help people with what ails them. Of course, they're not gonna put that out there. They're not gonna they're well, not gonna they tell fight. you how you they need. Fight it every day. Yeah. That's why all of a sudden marijuana is now legal. CBD oils are all legal now. This all stuff was around in, in the 30s. Yeah. This is the, this is the bullshit that's going on. You understand? All these things were, these natural remedies were around for you. It's just like hemp. Hemp is an amazing, amazing material. We're building our studio out of yeah. industrial hemp. Yeah, and, and, they, and they, the reason they, some of, some of the clothes, some of the, yeah, some of the best clothes is made with hemp. hemp You've got that right. Like, big, big business, they, one product could be used for so many different things, and it was affecting so many different people that, of course, they had to regulate it. They had to stop the use of it. No, you know why they wouldn't let marijuana be legal? Because they couldn't figure a way to tax. Because you could take seeds and throw them in your backyard. It would grow anywhere. They yeah. couldn't figure out how to tax it. So they started growing it themselves. And the marijuana that they legalized was stronger than anything that ever come out of Mexico. The stuff that they harbor and grow, and I mean, it's got strength to it beyond forget about it. It's all yeah. a joke. I just, I get on that tangent. Why I just don't know. You're talking to the wrong guy. I've seen too much, too much of the changes in the stuff that really went on and it's just very very sad boy what they've done to what they've done to people and the way they twist people's minds and the things that they give them and then they turn around and say oh that person's a junkie well where'd he get the drugs at well he had this problem and that problem please life's too short yeah, my friend uh, oh you gotta <laughs> tell me i yeah i'm I- I can talk about this all day long. Anyway, you enjoy the film. You like the film business? Oh, you like um, movies? Well, I love I love movies. I love movies. I'm a a big movie buff. I I grew up watching all types of movies. Um, yeah, I'm like my my aunts used to run a video store back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And I was there fish you out. I was very, very lucky. I was with some great actors. I've done some great films, boy. Superman 1 and 2 were were good films. Dragnet was a great film. King Kong was a great film. A lot of fun. Some of the movies I did, I worked with a lot of great people. It was such a pleasure. You know, it was a great escape, my friend. I can't wait to get back to work. It's a great thing. Well, this, right, this right here, right? Like I found I found this to be my great escape. Like this is what I'm really passionate about. This is what I'm really having a great time doing. Steve has been really amazing. He's been sending a lot of people to me and been working with a lot of great people. Again, like I said, I just want to just keep putting out positive content, just putting out good stuff so people can enjoy it and, and, and take from it whatever they can, whatever they, they learn from it. It's a blessing. That, that's how I look at it. There you go, my friend. There you go. Are you, what you work in the casinos doing today, is that your day job? Uh, yeah, I, I work from 4 a.m. to uh, 12, and but it's it's been so slow that I've been getting out. I've been oh, taking yeah, an early outing. Not too many people. Not too many. The casinos aren't as crowded as they used to be. Let me tell you, Vegas. Vegas is like a ghost oh, town. No, you right now you you can't you can't smoke inside and you can't drink liquor. So why why would they want to come be sober and lose their money? So it's just it's <laughs> to me. I, I'm like I'm I, I'm busy right now. I'm so busy right now podcasting and doing what I'm doing that it, I'm just focusing on building my 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 podcast and and taking Good it to where you. wherever levels I can take it. Good for you. But I appreciate you Good coming you. on the. Show. We've been trying to work. We've been working on trying to get this together for the last week, but I, I, we finally got you on, and I appreciate you coming on. It was it was an my honor pleasure. to have you on, man. And you're, you're welcome anytime. We can definitely set up when 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 once you get back to work and you got anything going on, we can definitely set something up again, and you can come back on and promote what, whatever you got going on. Okay, my friend, you have a great day. Take care of yourself. I, oh, you too. I appreciate you. you again, man. Take care. I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it. My boy.
<laughs> I will. Thank you. Have a great day. Right. And that was Jack O'Halloran, man. That was a great, great episode. Appreciate him coming on. All right. So you know how I do it. It's time for shout outs. Big shout out to Steve Joyner. Thanks for sending me all these amazing people. Big shout out to Poppy J from Talking Real 1000. Got big things coming up, Poppy. Let's just take care of it. Big shout out to my wife, Fina. Love you, baby. You mean the world. And big shout out to all the essential workers out there. God bless you. Be safe. Wise is out. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Listen on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and TuneIn. Find us on social media on Twitter at wise underscore B underscore blunt. Instagram at wise underscore B underscore blunt. And a Facebook fan page, www.facebook slash wise76. Check back soon for new episodes. Until next time, peace out.